three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Welcome to the podcast, Ernest. What's up? <laughs> Doing good, man. It, it's been a minute. I, I feel like I, I, I've known you from a distance, but this is the first time actually meeting like virtually, but also a good chance to chat for the first time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me about um, how's your year been so far? 2021, we're almost wrapping it up, looking already into the next year. But what what's this year been like for you? Yeah. So uh, this year, you know, on the uh, on the business side of things, it's been pretty solid. Right. Uh, we haven't seen uh, uh, forecasted growth that we were looking to hit uh, this year, but it's also because we ran into, you know, on, on my side, uh, ran into just a lot of family challenges, like with health, a lot of people mm-hmm. in and out in and out of the hospital, uh, you know, myself, you know, it was just like it was a hot mess. Right. It was like one thing after another after another. But what's was so beautiful uh, with all those challenges, you know, and I've shared this on my social media channels, um, even where I was out for like almost a month when I got sick, uh, was business didn't skip a beat, right? Now, we're not, again, growing at the pace that I would like, uh, but we still, you know, we're able to have like a six-figure month, right? Uh, without me having to be involved in anything, right? So um, it just goes to show like, you know, when you start to grow and you start to develop a system and you start to, you know, hire people to then work that system that, uh, you know, you can be in a position to not always be working in the business, uh, but, you know, be in a position to work on the business, but at scale uh, to where you're not involved in the day-to-day operations, which puts you in a position to be able to have like real, true, you know, financial freedom, right? Because, you know, making a bunch of money is is not that challenging. Uh, once you kind of, you know, develop a really strong skill set, the the thing that you really want to look at from a uh, freedom perspective is like, how much of that time do you have to put in to then generate that, right? So uh, so that's that's what's been going on uh, this year for us. And we're, we're looking forward to really crushing the next year. So like everything I'm doing right now is all geared towards 2022 and 2023, so yeah, man, fired up. <laughs> nice. I, and I guess for anybody that doesn't know, you're in the e-commerce space, right? Yes. Yes. So uh, my particular background is uh, like I like to tell people is I help people make money while they sleep so they don't have to work until they die, uh, mm-hmm. leveraging the power of e-commerce and drop shipping, like you said. Uh, so yes, that's my background. That's what I got involved in. And really, uh, just like that statement, I, I stole it from Warren Buffett. Um, you know, what, what intrigued me about getting into that particular industry in terms of like e-commerce was the fact that you could really be in a position to really generate large sums of income while you sleep, right? And there's not a lot of things you could do to do that <laughs> from mm-hmm. a uh, business perspective, right? And so uh, that's that's what got me intrigued about it because I looked at different uh, vehicles uh, years ago uh, and I was just like, man, what could I really do to like, you know, put myself in a position to be able to do that? And I looked at the stock market, real estate and things of that nature. But it was like it, from my perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially like with the stock market, right? Like 10% of a little bit, it's still a little bit like, yeah. let's be honest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, man, that's not going to work. Uh, and in real estate, 
you know, in terms of being able to really generate large sums of cash, like, you know, again, I'm not talking about, you know, $1,000, $2,000, something like that. I mean, like larger sums of cash, you have to bring cash to the table in order to do that. I mean, even if you're starting off with like a wholesaling business, you know, you still need dollars for marketing, advertising, uh, software tools, things of that nature. Like mm-hmm. you can get started with a e-commerce store drop shipping uh, for a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, still, and, uh, still today. Yeah, still. Yeah, because that those fees is a simple breakdown, right? Like in the state of Virginia, uh, if you don't have the budget to do an LLC, like an LLC stills on like $50, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say you're really bald on a budget like I was. And this is how I know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it costs $12.50. Uh, to start a sole prop as a DBA in the state of Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the the registration fee for the the site build that you use, which I highly recommend Shopify, which is twenty nine dollars, mm-hmm. right? Like that that that's it. You can get your EIN number for free uh, in the state of Virginia. It's free to get your reseller certificate, uh, which they call sales and tax use certificate. You just get it on the online portal. Some states is free. Some states charge. Like I think in like Ohio, it's like twenty five dollars, right? But now we're still talking about what like seventy five bucks. And then uh, with Shopify, one of the things they do, they have a partnership with Google where they give you up to one hundred dollars worth of ad credits for free, right? And Microsoft does the same thing too if you go to run ads on their platform. So now you got two hundred dollars in free advertising that you can use to then acquire customers. So <laughs> again, uh, there's there's really like, you know, not, well, I'm even talking about hundreds of dollars. We're talking about like literally like a hundred bucks uh, could get your foot in the door to where you could have the leverage of someone like a Walmart uh, or Wayfair, which is a multi-billion dollar company uh, or like an Amazon, right? With like a hundred dollars or less. And let's say hypothetically, okay, your state's a little bit more to register a business. We're still talking about hundreds of dollars, right? We're not talking about thousands of dollars. So that will vary from state to state in terms of like the fees for like registering your business. But again, we're not talking about too much outside the scope of that. So yeah, that's that's the thing that excited me the most uh, was the the ability to be able to do that. And um, as a result of, you know, just the internet and people going online, looking for products every single day, you know, I was able to uh, to leverage, you know, and I still run my same store that I launched like seven years ago mm-hmm. um, to this day, but I just don't do anything because I got people that run it for me, <laughs> right? But, you know, they're going to the internet every single day, you know, people looking for electric fireplaces, trampolines, like, you know, horse saddles, whatever the case is. Um, and, you know, as a store on the internet, your goal mm-hmm. is just to get your products in front of the people who are already actively looking for them, uh, mm-hmm. which is the power that Google represents. And so I started kind of putting these little pieces of the puzzle together. And, you know, it just showed me like, wow, like, man, if I could just get in front of people that already want the stuff that they said that they already want, like, mm-hmm. how hard is it to get them to buy it? Right. They already said they want it. Right. <laughs> so I'm not trying to convince them to buy something that they don't want. And I was like, wow, that makes a whole lot of sense. I should I should probably do that thing over there. Yeah. Um, and so that that's what got me in that direction. So I guess, was it like, um, like I, I mentioned earlier, kind of meeting you through Breathe University or kind of hearing of you or seeing some of your posts and things like that online. That's, I think, one of the first instances where I've heard of dropshipping and just online marketing. And um, one one of the things I wanted to get into it, but the more I kept looking at it, for me, it, it seemed like I was trying to juggle too many things at once. So it's like, what were some of the challenges for you or the opportunities that you were able to take in order to not only get your foot in the door making like that hundred dollar investment up front, but also being able to kind of stay the course, not get distracted or not 
and just be like, okay, I've, I've got too many things that I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to manage like my regular job. I'm trying to keep up with my family, make sure they have enough time. But also I'm going to find these products, get in front of people, like take enough time during the day or during the week to like say, okay, I need to study at least a little bit to know what I'm doing or have an idea of where I'm going. Wow. Yeah, no, that that's a lot that you uh, that you just hit me with right there. Right. So it's kind of in a nutshell, it's like, man, how do you make millions of dollars, but like stay focused and stay committed and don't get distracted and all that good stuff. Right. So, you know, early, early on, especially to like, again, people see this success. Now they see like the 7,000 square foot estate. They see the Lamborghini, the BMW, the, the five cars I have. And they're just like, oh man, Ernest has been killing his whole life. He's so smart. He's so, he's so like, he's got it all together. And that's far from the truth. Right. And what's, uh, what's awesome is that, you know, I have a lot of like people I went to school with, people that knew me from when I was working a nine to five that's still on my social media. And they're just like, nah, bro, that's real. Like I seen Ernest struggle. I seen when he was sleeping in his car. Like, you know, I seen when he was poor, like, like I couldn't, I wasn't even poor. I was po, P-O. I couldn't even afford the O-R, right? Like I was so broke when I walked past the bank, I tripped the alarm. They were like, oh my God, Ernest walked by, shut the doors down. Like don't let him in here, right? So it was, it was oh, really man. bad, man, <laughs> you know? But the thing, the thing, that I uh, I look back at in uh, through that whole you know process of like everything uh, like you said is um I heard a statement where it said uh, a dog that chases two rabbits catches none right um and if you've you know I had a dog growing up so I actually knew this to be very accurate like you know watching a dog try to chase multiple things and it just never works out right but when it's that one thing that's set right in front of them like you know you throw one ball right like he's going to go catch that thing and bring it right back right. And so, you know, to your point, I, I I was in that same circumstance situation. And that's what was so great about, you know, the community that uh, Eric Thomas had built up at Breed University is that, you know, he challenges you constantly to tweak your mindset and thought process and, you know, consistently put your back against the wall and not look to blame someone else, but look internally and really ask yourself the tough questions. And so with me, I had attempted to do a bunch of different stuff. Like I tried to start an affiliate marketing company. I tried to start a remodeling company, landscaping company, um, tons of different stuff, network marketing. And, you know, it was just like, man, none of this stuff was really working. I always tried to do like more than one thing at once. <laughs> and I just like, when I heard that statement, it was just like, wow, like that's, that's the reason why. Right. And uh, the other thing too, was just when, when I really decided to like go all in specifically with running like an online store, um, you know, really it was, it, I went to an event uh, for Eric Thomas is when he came to DC for the very first time ever. Um, and that event like really just helped put me in the right mindset in a sense of just staying committed to just what you say you want to actually do. Right. Um, like I love listening to, uh, to Inky Johnson and he, uh, he has a phrase where he says, you know, commitment is staying true to the thing that you said you were going to do long after the mood in which you said it in has left. Right. So a lot of people make a lot of commitments and they get excited. They get fired up, you know, uh, at different aspects. Like you could be at home watching a YouTube video, like, man, that video is awesome. You know, I'm gonna go do this thing. And then like, you wake up the next day and you're like, man, what did I say I was going to do? <laughs> you know, it's like, hold on. I was fired up yesterday. Right. And so, you know, just having that level of commitment to say, Hey, I'm going to really go all in on this thing and, you know, make this, 
you know, make this work. And for me, I, I really had to because prior to this, I had gotten laid off or fired rather. I say laid off because I try to be nice, but I got fired, right? <laughs> In a company restructure. When people say they got laid off, I'm like, no, you got fired, but I, we'll roll with it, <laughs> right? So they were restructuring the company and I just so happened to get restructured out of the company. And uh, when that happened, it personally broke me. Um, like it broke me something terrible. Uh, I don't think I've ever cried that much ever in my life. I mean, it was the nasty cry, like snot, tears. I couldn't breathe. Like it was terrible, right? Because at the time I didn't know this. I didn't realize it till later down the road because I went two years after that. No job, no nothing. Uh, just, just trying to figure out life. And it was because I made the job my identity. And so when I lost the job, it was like I lost my purpose, right? When it should have never been like that in the first place, right? Um, and so that that really caused me to like want to look for something else. And I just had to do something else. Like I'm like, man, I cannot put my family's future, my kids' future, uh, like I can't put it in the hands of another organization, essentially another man, right? Or woman, <laughs> right? And so I just knew I had to do something else. And again, hearing that statement from Warren Buffett and just looking at the different vehicles and stuff, I just said, all right, this is my thing and I'm going to make a commitment to that thing. And I had to make it work, right? Because there was no other solution. I could not experience the pain of working for someone else, knowing that there was even a slight chance, a slight chance of not being able to take care of my family, right? Because again, having the savings account get depleted and things of that nature, um, I when I started the first when I started and launched the business, the very first like goal of mine was just to make two hundred dollars. I'm like, I just want to make two hundred dollars so I could pay my cell phone bill and buy diapers. That was it. That was the only thing I need to make two hundred bucks uh, so I can do that. Um, and I did that within like the first like couple days, uh, which was like crazy. It scared me. Uh, like I remember the very first customer to ever purchase anything on the internet. I actually called him uh, to make sure it was a real order. Right? It's just like, hey, this John. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. It's like, well, you know, this is you know Ernest with the Electric Fireplace USA. We're just calling to verify your order. He's just like, yeah. Why? Why are you guys calling me? He's like, is y'all y'all scam? <laughs> I'm like, no, sir. We're just checking on everything. Just make sure everything's all good. You know, because I was being weird. I was like sweating, like, you know, just being nervous. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe a random stranger that I've never talked to, never spoke to, never had a conversation with, went on my website and bought something for like $300. Hmm. It was It was so crazy. And then it was just off to the races. But to your point, one of the biggest things that, I did in the commitment process was that I couldn't for me and and how it should be in my personal opinion for most people's like don't think about like you know all the stuff that you got to do because inevitably like no matter what kind of business that you run there's a lot of stuff involved I don't even care if you got a landscaping company yes the essence of the business is like you cut grass or you trim stuff um you know you cut trees whatever the case is right that's the that's the simple version but like there's again business registration there's accounting there's customer acquisition there's follow-up there's invoicing there's you know doing the labor when you start to grow you got to hire people you got to get more equipment right like that's like 10 things that we just just uh, seven or eight almost 10 things like we can go on and on and on but there's like 15 20 30 different things that got to happen in the business in order for you to be successful right so if you're in the beginning phases, no matter what it is that you're pursuing, just look at where you are and what's the next step, right? Where you are, what's the next step? So for me, it was like, 
the number one thing that I saw, and this is where a little bit of my uh, personal corporate background kind of helped me out a little bit, especially with all the failures that I had too. I had to ask myself like, all right, why is none of the stuff that I've ever done like really worked? And so this time I said, let me take a little bit of experience that I had from when I worked for other people because uh, my background was I was a marketing director for quite a few years for like a remodeling company. So we did a lot of massive like research and, uh, you know, data uh, analysts and, and things of that nature in terms of like making sure uh, what we did on a day-to-day basis was effective. And I said, well, how about I start with the end in mind in a sense of like, discovering what are people actually looking for, right? And I'm just, and again, I took the sales perspective because the the last corporate job I had was, um, you know, a sales director for the marketing firm, right? <laughs> and I was like, you know how easy it is to like sell stuff to people that are already looking for it? I mean, you know, managing like Verizon stores and AT&T stores and, you know, Walmart locations and stuff like that. It was just like, it's so easy to get people to buy stuff that they say they already want. So how about I go and find products that people say they want first, right? And that's where the uh, niche research and market research process that I have even still to this day was birthed because it's just like, if you can go out and find what people want already, you're not going to have to develop an immense amount of other skill sets in order to get someone to buy whatever it is that you have to to offer, right? And so that's uh, that's what kind of really helped put me in a position to like find products that are already selling, find stuff that's already selling and just get that in front of the people that say that they already want it. Right. So um, I think I answered your question. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> I guess I, I was going to ask you just a, a short follow up on that is um, when you sat down and you were doing the beginning with the end in mind exercise, like do you remember how much time you actually sat down and like just wrote out what it is that you were thinking of? Because sometimes like for some people, they might get discouraged or just be like, I don't really want to think about that stuff. Or like, you just remember, was it like an hour you took or like 30 minutes? You just jotted down the first thing that came to your to your head. Well, see, I'm so glad that you asked that because, you know, a lot of the listeners right now, you're probably like, yeah, man, like, you know, how much time? Like, what's the time commitment? Like, you know, how much do I got to look at, you know, putting towards like this thing if I want to do what you're talking about? And And here's the thing I want to remind you. Champions don't count the hours. Champions just make the hours count, right? Like don't try to count the hours in your business, just make the hours count. So the thing that you got to look at is just execution of the process, right? So however long it takes for that for that aspect, don't don't count the hours, but the biggest thing that to your point which I think you're getting to is the overwhelming piece that starts to happen when you feel like you're not being productive, right? Now, remember right. what I said, feel like, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's an emotion that, you know, is it, starting to, you know, kind of uh, internalize through the mm-hmm. process because you feel like you're not being as productive and effective as you want to be. But right. here's the thing, right? With the new information that you're gathering is just to get enough, get enough insight to be able to take the next step, right? So whatever that next step happens to be, don't beat yourself up. Don't feel overwhelmed. Don't feel like, oh my God, I'm taking longer than, you know, so-and-so. And the biggest thing everyone does, especially now with the, 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 the age that we're in with like technology and social media is like, you know, you compare where you are to like somebody else's highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Right. 
it's just like, oh man, you know, especially like you come into like my private community, you're going to be seeing people doing 50K a month, 200K a month. It's just like, oh man, it's, you know, they're, they're so far ahead of me. Like, oh my gosh, all of our other, you know, mentees and stuff are winning and succeeding, you know, and I don't even know what I want to sell yet. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just comparing yourself, but here's the thing. And that's why I always, always, um, especially when I'm doing presentations and stuff, refer to the people like in our community, because you can actually put people's names in like our community and see like, where did they start at? Like those same beginning questions that you're asking, like there's a young lady, Allie, I just remember off the top of my head, because I remember when she started with me like a year and a half ago and she was like, Hey, like I'm using keywords everywhere. How do I analyze the tool? Like something super basic. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we fast forward, you know, almost two years later, and she's like, hey, guys, just have my my $200,000 a month, you know, and just nonchalant, like it's like nothing, <laughs> right? But the thing is, is like all those questions that she was asking, those beginner, like scared questions, like, oh, my gosh, I just did $10,000 this week. How do I manage all these orders? Like feeling overwhelmed, um, you know, every single aspect of that you can go and see in the group like the frustration and the challenges and, you know, the scaredness and like, you know, even on the live calls that we have that are recorded and stuff like she would ask like, Hey, I'm reaching out to suppliers. I had, you know, the first three that I talked to told me, no, like, you know, what should I do? And it's just like, you just call more suppliers. Like, <laughs> you know, right, just like right. that's not the thing that you want to hear, but it's the thing you need to hear because honestly, like that's what you need to do in the process. Right. 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 So yeah, man, you get me all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I guess the, the reason I, I'm asking is not to, I guess, get too bogged down in the details, but sometimes I, um, I guess as I'm learning, it helps to over explain or something that I, I try to do with this podcast is whatever your field of study may be, but also just highlighting yourself as the person, because it, it's like you mentioned before, a lot of times when things look good, people forget kind of where you came from. And it's like, okay, the, the further I can distance myself from you and be like, okay, Ernest is an, an anomaly, then if he can do it well, he's just special. Like that's not mm-hmm. me. So it's like, okay, how do you bridge the gap? Like some people, maybe they want to do business, maybe they don't. But um, something that I'm finding, especially with, like we mentioned before, what happened in the year 2020, 2021, and what people are still going through. It's like when you have the the firing and whether you have to retell yourself the story of like, okay, this didn't go the way that I wanted it to, but it's like for yourself, what did you do in those times when you, you kind of found yourself in a place where you, you obviously didn't want to be there, but you just circumstances brought you there. But like to go from you're at your lowest to now you're today doing well at a niche that you found for something you put time and attention to, like what, what, what's one thing that you did during that time when things were looking like, okay, I'm, I'm out of work for a year. Now it's two years. I'm also asking from like a personal perspective, because this is what I've kind of gone through within this past period. And it's, there's the doubt period. There's the, the people in your circle, like saying, Hey, like, I don't know what you're doing over there, but I can't let you go down that road. And then there's also that internal conversation you're having with yourself to say, okay, I'm either going to listen to the people that are talking to me because they care about me, or I'm going to stay in my head. Like they don't know me. They don't know what's going on here. Like I, I, I'm going to fix it. They're not going to tell me what to do. Like, at least that, that was my internal process. But the short question I'm trying to ask is what did you find useful to do 
when things got very difficult before you started to see success once more? Yeah. So really there's like, I wish I could say one, but there's really like three things. Right. Um, So, and I'm going to do my best to remember all three as we, uh, as we kind of go through this process. Right. So the first thing was the reason why I got started. Right. Um, I, I, I had to, I had to do something else in, for me, uh, to your point, like, you know, sometimes people see, again, the, the the glory, but they never really understand the story. Right. And so when I first launched that store, it was crazy because it was like life just came at me at the again. I was already at my lowest low and I went lower than the lowest low. Right. Uh, in a sense of like once I launched that store within a week, I lost three vehicles. Head gasket cracked on the PT Cruiser. Um, so we had a PT cruiser that, uh, fiance was driving. I was driving the, uh, the Honda civic. So PT cruiser head gasket cracked, right. Ain't really got, got the bread to fix it. So we ended up junking it because I still had the Honda. It was like, all right, we're just going to use the Honda, you know, while, while we figure that out. Um, and driving down the highway, oil cap comes off the, the Honda civic oil starts spewing all over the place. Engine basically catches on fire. Um, and boom, Honda civic has gone. So went on Craigslist. And found a car. We only had a couple hundred dollars and we ended up buying a Toyota Camry. And I'm just like, Lord, we just need this Toyota to last just four weeks. Like I literally only wanted to last a month um, and bought it for like five hundred dollars. And within a couple of days of buying after buying that, went outside and poof, it just didn't even turn on. Like it was like life was just freaking just beat me upside the head i was getting freaking right hooks left hooks uppercuts like it was just terrible it was so horrible um and you know through that situation we ended up you know my mom she let us borrow her uh her uh, durango she still has a durango to this day and uh what i had to do is i had to get up at like three o'clock in the morning pick her up uh because she took the commuter bus because uh she works in dc so i'd have to pick her up drop her off at the commuter lot then go back home, take the fiance to work, drop her off. Then I would have to go to go to work. And then after I got off the work, I had to go pick up my mom from the computer lot, drop her off, then pick up the fiance, drop her off. And we did that up until I was able to save again another couple hundred dollars so we could have a down payment uh, to be able to get a vehicle. And to this day, um, I still have that same vehicle, the Kia Soul. Um, but we went to the, the, the Kia Soul. And when I went there to get, to get that vehicle, the uh, salesman, because he uh, obviously they ran our credit. My junk was terrible. Like I was at like a 477, massive amounts of delinquencies. It was horrible, right? Her credit wasn't, you know, it wasn't as bad as mine, but it still wasn't sexy. It was still like low 500s, right? Uh, she just didn't have as much derogatory stuff as I had. And so, you know, he looked at it and was like, man, can, can y'all really like make this payment? I mean, and my uh, fiance, she looked over at me and she just had this just just look of like disgust um, when she looked over at me. I mean, like, you know, it looked like, you know, when you're a kid growing up and like you do something you weren't supposed to. And like your mom's like, you're going to do that. You're not going to do that again. Right. And then like you do it anyways. And then she gives you that look. Right. Of just like, like, boy, what did I tell you? Right. So she literally just looked at me and it just it just hurt my soul at the fact that when she looked at me, essentially indirectly to me, it was like, are you going to man up and actually do something about our situation? Like, are you actually going to start wearing the pants and really provide like you're supposed to provide? Right. And that's what I was saying, like in my mind. And that's how she looked at me, too. And, you know, I just say with confidence, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, we'll be able to make it. But also in my spirit, I'm like, bro, it's time to go to work. 
Like, you know, and again, the store just launched. Right. And so I had like one little credit card that I was uh, using for for ad spend. And literally, again, the credit card, I had two hundred dollars. Right. And so uh, the one thing that just uh, I remembered in my mind was don't let what you can't do stop you from what you can do. Right. Like, don't let what you can't do stop you from what you can do. And so with that, like in my mind, I was just like, you know what? Like, I don't got enough money to be able to like really accelerate this business. We got this vehicle, but focus on what I can control, which is still driving traffic to the store. Because the one thing I did understand just in any business, you talk to no prospects, you talk to no people, there is no business. (laughs) You cannot generate business from out of thin air, right? And so I was like, all right, let's let's just do that. And within a couple of days, I got like a $3,000 order um, and it was like $1,500 profit that I made off of that after like everything. And I was just like, oh, Lord, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Right. And it, it just gave me the confidence uh, to be able to like, you know, continue uh, through the rest of the process. Right. But it was that lowest low that really just like made me focus on, you know, wanting to continue to pursue, um, you know, of the process. Right. And um, I, I wish I could remember the other two points that I wanted to say, but that was definitely one of one of the big ones. So can you recap your question so I could so I could see if I could pull the other two things yeah, out? Yeah. I just wanted to really make sure I hit that home. No, you. I think you hit it home with that. Well, my my main question was when you've you found yourself just being laid off from the job and then you were going through that the period of time when you're basically trying to figure it out and figuring out like what's next or even like having doubts about what's next. Like, what did you do to start and then keep, keep that going. And like you said, you made that decision that I need to, like, I have to do something at this point. It's like, you've spent all you could spend. You've depleted the account down to what you could at this point. It's like, well, if I don't do something, nobody's coming to help me. Like, Essentially. Yeah. So and I'm glad you repeated it because this second point is really, really important. And, you know, for you guys that are listening in, this is super duper important. So the other part that you got to do, you got to stay plugged in. Right. When I say plugged in, I mean, you got to stay around winners and champions and everything it is that you consume, even on social media needs to be of, you know, some sort of positivity in a sense. Right. So one of the things that happened, because I believe it happens to all of us in some way, shape or form. I don't care how much success that you've achieved. uh, you know, there's always another level. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I like to use the analogy with people. It's like, you know, when you look at a fire, right, like if you you've ever been like, you know, uh, at a fire pit or, you know, just a night out a camping or something like that. And you got a bunch of logs just burning in the fire. Right. Now, if you were to take one of those logs from the fire and just set it off to the side, eventually that log would just simmer out by itself. Right. But all the ones that are in the fire, they're just going to keep burning. They're going to keep burning, keep doing their thing, you know, emitting heat, you know, all that good stuff. But that one log that's just sitting by itself eventually is going to simmer out. Right. But if you were to just take that log, even after simmered out, throw back in the flame with all the other ones, it would eventually set back on fire. And boom, it's warm, it's emitting heat, it's generating energy, you know, it's, it's having a good time, it's partying, doing what it's supposed to do, right? And so essentially, uh, in some cases, like, you know, we end up being that log that just sits off to the side. We get, we take ourselves out of the situation, we take ourselves, you know, out of the environment, and we place ourselves by ourselves because we're at a vulnerable point at wherever we're at. And so it's it's way easier to feel sorry for yourself. It's way easier to beat yourself up. It's way easier to not do something. And so you got to 
take yourself and put yourself back into the environment. You got to take yourself, plug yourself back in. Um, and that plug yourself in again, it could be an event. It could be, you know, a course. It could be, uh, you know, social media community or forum. Um, you know, for me, I love going to like YouTube and listening to like Inky Johnson, Eric Thomas, Bob Proctor, Zig Ziglar um, and people like that. So I can keep my fire lit because I know that I don't always have the energy and or the ability in some instances to be able to motivate myself. And so by having that external uh, influence, that allows me to get what I need in order to be productive and continue to grow. I like that. And um, some, something you said at the beginning of your answer also caught my attention when you said staying plugged in. And just from the example you gave from communicating with your fiance at the time and your mother, I think um, not to brush past it, but I think that's also powerful. Like, staying connected with family and also having people that can not only ask something of you, but also be willing to work with you and be alongside you because it's like to do you doing your part and saying, okay, mom, I'll drop you off, pick you up. Um, fiance, I'll drop you off, pick you off. I'll take myself where I'm supposed to be for work. I'm going to do my research, but then also like having the ability to have the car presented to you. I think that along with doing what you needed to do with the motivation that 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 kind of rung out to me as well like that that's important yeah yeah absolutely um you know just you know being able to just be a solution seeker right like mm -hmm. that's part of uh you know when i do my company meetings with my teams and stuff we always go over like our company values in you know, that's one of the things that uh, is part of our, our value system at, you know, my different brands is that we are solution seekers. We are winners. We are champions of life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not all the time when stuff happens, you know, is there an immediate solution? But if you sit there, think about it, uh, you know, potentially, uh, you know, just kind of dawn upon it a little bit, like eventually a solution is going to present itself. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Like, you know, it was uncomfortable asking my mom, I got three kids, one in a way. You know, I'm a grown man and I got to go like ask my mom, you know, for help. Right. Like it's a little like, you know, it was a, it was a it, it was a little like, you know, heartbreaking in the sense, you know, that I got to rely on mom and I'm supposed to be like taking care of a family. Right. Um, and so, you know, don't let your ego get in the way of, you know, doing what you need to do in order to get to that next step, right? If there's a friend that you have to ask, shoot, I can um, actually, with that being said, you know, I, if it wasn't for my best friend, I would have never been able to hit my first million dollar year as quick as I did. Um, actually in 2017, again, again, I, my credit's all jacked up. Um, and at this point, again, things are going pretty smooth, making some pretty decent coin. And I basically kind of capped out in the sense of like, what most people don't understand when you run a business, like there, there's a whole lot of other expenses on the sheet other than just income or revenue that comes in. There's a whole lot of other stuff that has to happen, right? Especially when you're selling physical products. And so with that being said, uh, I started going to banks and lenders and stuff like that. I'm just like, yo, you know, I'm making, I'm doing like $500,000 a year. Uh, you know, how much money can I get? Can I get a credit card? Can I get a business line of credit? And they're like, bro, you got a 477 on your credit score. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, like, we won't even let you have a checking account. Like, you like, we ain't talking about a credit card. You can't even have a checking account. And I was like, I was just so baffled at the fact that, like, you know, you have the, you heard this whole concept, cash is king. 
Um, but you know, the, the credit controls that cash, right. Uh, and your ability to be able to have leverage, uh, in business. And so I didn't understand that. And so I was really hurt by the fact of that. Cause again, I'm profitable, um, business is growing year over year, you know, tax returns show it bank statements show it so forth and so on. I'm just like, man, I was just so baffled, but my best friend, he let me borrow his American express platinum card. And he's like, all right, bro, you know, I'm just look out for you. Just make sure you don't miss no payments. I know your credit jacked up, but you ain't going to have those same behaviors with this credit card. Right. <laughs> so it was like, here you go. All right. Uh, and then he was just like, you know, you don't have to pay me or nothing like that. I'll just take the rewards points on the back end. Right. Um, and so, yeah, he let me borrow his American Express Platinum card. And uh, I ran that baby up like I was spending like 80 to 100 thousand dollars a month on that card, but never missed a payment. Uh, never, you know, uh, was delinquent or nothing like that. Um, and was able to use that to be able to scale to hit my first uh, million dollars, right? And in the process, I understood how powerful your credit is. It doesn't matter how much cash you have, uh, like your credit is going to determine a lot of things, your ability to be able to like shoot even your insurance that you pay for, your ability to be able to have a, a business cell phone or any type of business product in general. Um, if your credit is jacked up, you can't, you, you're, you're stuck like Chuck, right? And, you know, just putting a ton of cash on everything isn't always like the best solution because you, you, you use, you lose the uh, leverage aspect of that. Um, and so, you know, it was just a learning process, but yeah, again, you know, if it wasn't for my friend, let me borrow his, uh, his business card, um, that he wasn't using at the time. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to, to scale as quickly as, uh, as I did. So, you know, again, another lesson, um, in the process of like, you know, uh, don't be afraid to ask for for help, uh, to be vulnerable, you know, with the right people. Like, you're not, you know, you shouldn't go on like social media and be like, Hey guys, I'm broke. You know, who can help me? (laughs) 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 Oh man. So yeah, man, but those close relationships, you know, people, people look out for you. People see, man, people see when like you're working and like, you know, you're, you're being productive and like your, your word matches, you know, what you say, following Mm -hmm. up by what you do. And, you know, in the beginning too, you know, uh, sometimes like, I think you kind of talked about, you know, people not understanding sometimes. And, you know, I had that too. Like my mom, she couldn't understand like, you know, what the heck I was doing or, you know, she's like, all right, baby, you know, good luck on that little business. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and other people are just like, you're going to do what you're going to wait. You're going to sell a product to someone that you've never talked to before. That sounds like a scam, you mm-hmm. know, but I'm like, y'all ain't never heard of like Amazon. Like, what do you think you're doing? Like, I yeah. know you got an Amazon prom account, <laughs> you know, you over here trying to play me. Right. <laughs> so, uh, it's so funny. Like, you know, when people don't understand something, they're really quick to kind of knock it down or be negative. And majority of my coworkers, when I was working, when I started the online store, I don't think there was one person that like, like, the, the couple people that might have been OK, like in the sense of like they weren't negative, but they weren't positive. They were just kind of mm-hmm. neutral. Right. Yeah. And then like the other like 90 percent was just like flat negative. Like, what is he doing? He's yeah. going to sell what? Like, man, that's stupid. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and so now all of them sliding in my DM like, bro, can you explain to me how this stuff works? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I keep seeing you in these magazines and on these podcasts and, you know, companies are paying you to fly around the world and you're talking in front of thousands of people on stage. Like, I, I just don't get it. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm I'm a pretty cool dude, so I don't be tripping. I don't I don't hold nothing back because, again, you know, most people I, I understand how people are and people are defensive when they don't understand something because it's it's a. Uh, 
just a human mechanism that we sometimes have, you know, not all people, but some people, um, and it could be varying reasons why they, they could have tried to do something. They could have got scammed. They could have bought a product and never got it delivered. You know, there's like a thousand different things that can happen. So for me, you know, I always give people one pass, right? You get one pass with me. You get one pass uh, to be negative, but after I address whatever it is, like you're done, like, that's it. You you get one, you get one pass. That, that, I guess that's pretty important to you, keeping that that energy, like the right energy around you and just kind of being like, well, no, I'm not. I can't save everybody. So I'm going to deal with who I can deal with. And you guys just stay over there. You do your thing. I'll, I'll do my thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that's super duper important. That's one thing I learned very early, just even in like my working career, like, you know, your environment is like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's so easy to uh, adopt the, uh, you know, just kind of like philosophies of other people, um, in a sense of like hanging out, staying out too late, partying, going out to drink, you know, yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. But if you know that, you know, you want more out of life, like, you know, you're going to have to, you know, cut that out, not, not forever, but you should cut it out temporarily till you actually start to achieve some of the stuff that you say you want to achieve. You know, when I was in Atlanta last week, I got invited to, to go hang out with the, like, big, big influencer audience. They had the whole club rented out. Like they were, man, I looked at the videos. They had, they had bottles that they were sitting around the tables and everything. It was wild. And that night I just saw, I decided not to go out, not because I couldn't, not because I didn't want to have a good time, but I had a conversation with myself. And just like we talked about in the beginning of this session, I know with me, I have not achieved the things that I wanted to achieve this year. So, you know, I call it putting myself on timeout. Mm-hmm. Right. So I put my cell phone time. I'll check myself because I said you didn't earn the right to go party for 2021. So you're not going to go out tonight, bro. Like mm-hmm. flip the laptop up, work on what you need to work on, go to sleep early, wake up and do something productive. Right. And that was a kind con- again, I, I'm, I'm doing pretty decent. Right. Things run on all cylinders stuff, you know, good um, in a sense of, you know, from a, a OK perspective for me. But I also knew that I needed to, you know, uh, change uh, some behaviors just in that one instance. So I could then, you know, motivate myself in order to, you know, start achieving more. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think sometimes like, you know, just checking yourself and say, hey, you know, you about to go hang out. Like, do do you really, should you really hang out? Or, you know, is there something more that you can be working on to get closer to those goals that you said that you wanted? Not nobody else. You said that you wanted these goals, right? And so what are you going to do about it? And did you earn the right to go do the thing that you said you want to do? So that's a good point you make there on, on accountability, because it's sometimes like it's, it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to do all these things, but if there isn't any kind of consequence or like, okay, if I don't do this, I don't get this, then it's like, uh, yeah, I said it, but who's going to know. <laughs> yep. And I kind of took the the theory from like my kids. It's just like, Hey, I told you to clean your room. Like, you know, if you ain't clean your room, give me your, you know, your Nintendo, right. Or your PlayStation, whatever the case is. And now they're on timeout. Right. And it's just like, man, like we do that so often, especially as adults, if you have kids and if you don't have kids yet, you know, you've probably experienced that with like your cousins or nephews or whatever the case is, even mm-hmm. growing up, you probably experienced it. Right. So it's just like, what if I took that same strategy because again mm-hmm. it's just a strategy to uh really uh kind of like infuse the right behaviors right so if i can if i can take myself and use that same strategy and and 
put myself in a position to be accountable to uh, have the right behaviors, I can get closer to whatever it is that I'm looking to achieve. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, another example is, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys can be able to see me or anything like that, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a heavier guy. Right. Like I'm, I'm a bigger guy. Right. So and <laughs> so with that being said, I had a weight loss goal of mine and um, shortly like right around, cause in the beginning of the year, I said, I wanted to lose 20 pounds. Right. I hit that goal. And then I raised the goal. Right. Which is another little gym. Like once you hit the goal, raise the goal, right. Keep, keep pursuing. If you know that you have the capacity to don't just settle for just being able to hit the goal. So I hit the 20 and I was like, you know what? All right, let's go for 60. Right. And right when I got around 40, like it got really hard. Like I was just like baseline for a little bit. Um, and so a really good buddy of mine, he said, yo, Ernest, you know, that Lamborghini you just bought parking in the garage. You're not allowed to drive it anymore. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, bro, park the Lamborghini. When you lose another 20 pounds, then you could drive it. And I was like, oh, man, that's terrible, right? Because I had just bought the car like a couple months ago. And I was driving it basically like every couple, like basically every other day. I was in the Lambo, right? And he's like, when you lose another 20, then you could drive the Lambo. And he's like, park, put the put the trash cans that's for the house that you bring to the curb, put that in front of the garage to make sure you don't hit that open button. And so that's what I did. Right. Did that. And within like a month or so, you know, hit the goal. Right. Was going to the gym longer, switched up my eating habits, uh, added in intermittent fasting. Uh, I was like trying to figure out, like, how can I get this other 20 pounds off? Because I want to drop the Lamborghini. (laughs) So it forced me to be more creative. Uh, you know, to be able to get to that goal than where I was. Right. Mm. And again, that same, you know, uh, aspect is like, you know, what I've learned to just apply to just different areas uh, of business. But now I'm doing it uh, more consistently just because, like, again, I'm taking away some of those different things that might be fun or enjoyable. So it forces me to if I want to get to the goal, how can I get there? And it's going to make me be more creative. It's going to make me, you know, find the solution, have a conversation with the right person and say, hey, I'm getting ready to launch this campaign. You know, right now we're seeing like a 3X ROAS, but in order to hit my goal, I know I need to get to a 5X ROAS. Can you take a look at it? Let me know what's kind of going on. And again, just another example outside the scope of just like, you know, fitness. Right. But the, the thing is that a lot of the same principles that allow us to win in one area, you know, transfer over to another area. Right. So um, I know someone listening to this right now, you're probably a champion. You're probably a winner. Uh, you've probably done or achieved something in your life of some sort of you know, significance, right? So think about how did you achieve that significance? And most likely it was because of your ability to be consistent. It was because of your ability to focus on the goal. It was because of your ability to get rid of distractions. It was because of your uh, ability to be creative in a sense of like, you know, uh, developing some new behaviors or finding a, a creative solution. So in most instances, uh, we already have what we need inside of us, but it's going to take us really focusing on that skill, focusing on that craft uh, that we are looking to grow in, in order for us to be able to get closer to that goal. Mm. I, I like that. That That's a well put, well placed message. And um, just I even remembering when we were messaging earlier, when you said, okay, see you soon, champ. It's like, man, that made me feel a little bit, a little good about myself. I was like, oh man, yeah, uh, I did do something today. It's like, okay, I'm ready to go. And um, something with with that, I'd like to just ask you um, two, maybe three questions. But one thing that you said earlier, when you talked about having your identity tied to your job before and being able to 
um, distinguish those and kind of separate yourself, knowing that your value wasn't tied to your job necessarily. How have you been able to keep that um, distinction you made now that you've been more successful than you were before doing something new? Yeah. So, you know, it really just kind of, you know, I took the step back and really started to plug more into, you know, the more spiritual side of things. Right. Uh, You know, I'm not sure, you know, what you guys' belief are and things of that nature. But, you know, for me, you know, started reading my Bible more, started to, you know, get closer to our Heavenly Father and, uh, you know, really started to, you know, hone in that aspect of my life um, and meditating and praying, you know, first thing in the morning before I get my day started and, you know, tying it into, you know, that, right. And not making it more so, you know, a thing uh, in the sense of like, you know, oh my gosh, if I don't do, you know, this particular, you know, task or job or something like that, I can beat myself up. Um, And then just, you know, really looking at, you know, the aspect of just like, you know, continue to just grow on a personal and spiritual sense, right? It's just like, hey, am I becoming a better dad? Am I becoming um, a better, you know, mentor? Am I becoming a, a better, you know, CEO of the companies that I have? How well am I taking care of my people? And, you know, if I miss the mark, it's like, okay, bro, like, what are you going to do about it, right? Like, if you know you said you were going to spend X amount of time with your family, don't beat yourself up. Like, what are you going to do to improve that? Um, And, you know, really just, you know, taking it off of stuff and putting it, you know, more so on just like a uh, spiritual behavioral uh, aspect to where, you know, it's not tied to any, um, not that a job is materialistic, you know, in a sense to me, it kind of was um, in a sense, because, you know, for me, it was like, it was like my dream job, you know, like, I mean, it was like the, the perfect corporate picture, you know, almost six figure salary. They're paying for my car, my cell phone insurance, they fly me all around the country. So really like my checks was just going straight to the bank at a corporate card where I was just, you know, I could take people out to like restaurants and venues and stuff like that. It was, you know, it was like the corporate dream, like, Oh my God, I made it. And so like that, but, but again, that I didn't have the spiritual maturity at the time to even really handle it. Cause I got way out of pocket uh, with just like, you know, just how I was just kind of operating in life. I mean, even to the point where like when my kids were born, I was in the hospital on conference calls. Like that's, that's, that was honestly, that was disrespectful to like my family, to my boys. I mean, you know, I was stupid. Right. And, you know, co- no one at the company checked me, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like, you know, I really when I look back at it, it's just like, man, I was doing a lot of stupid stuff for that. And uh, that, that'll never happen again. I like that. And <laughs> I guess what what's funny when when you say that it it's that you you are you've been able to separate your identity, not blame yourself. But it's like at the same time, you still you're still able to call yourself out on things when you know you're doing wrong, you're not trying to make yourself suffer, but at the same time, you're not trying to coddle yourself too much. Yep. And, and when you have good friends, you know, they'll, they'll do the same for you too. Like I got a good buddy of mine, uh, Nehemiah, um, where, you know, he called me out like a year and a half ago. He was just like, bro, like, why aren't you growing? You know, and, and, and such, in so few words, that's basically what the essence of the conversation is like, yeah, I know you're doing, you know, like, you know, 30, 40, 50 grand a month, but like, you know, you're better than that. Like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you being more productive? Why are you just being on chill mode? Like, why aren't you, you know, doing the stuff that you know can actually help you do better 
which by you doing better is going to help other people because in order for you to be able to grow, you then have to serve more, whether it's like getting more people in the marketplace or electric fireplaces, or if it's with your agency and you're helping people launch more stores so they can then experience financial independence, right? But like there's more inside of you and you should not be lackadaisical knowing that your impact can make a greater impact on the world. And so I was just like, dang, like, all right, <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, man, I guess I got to stop being lazy. So um, you're coming from my neck. Yeah, yeah, man. And so, you know, good, good friends will do that for you. They'll want to see the best, you know, out of you um, versus, you know, uh, some people getting the wrong, you know, perspective of like, oh, you know, you just want to make a bunch of more money or, uh, oh, you just want to buy more stuff. Or like I had someone say, I posted like a photo, like with me in my car the other day and like, oh, you know, you're just showing off with your Lamborghini. And I'm just like, no, I'm like, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just posting on my channel, <laughs> you know, uh, it just having some good, having a good time. You know, I just shared like what was going on for the day. Right. Yeah. And like, here you come along, you know, and again, it's because, you know, they got a low self-image. They're probably not growing in their own life. They're probably miserable with their, with, where they're at. Um, and, you know, that's why they're, you know, projecting that energy, you know, on me. Right. Cause it makes them feel better by saying that. Right. Um, and again, just kind of understanding that and, and people just don't understand, like, you know, it's not about just like the stuff. Right. Like I tell I tell everyone I want to see more good people get rich, like gen- like wholeheartedly. I want more people to get rich because all money is is number one, a resource. And it just takes on the identity of the person who has it. So. If you give a lot of money to a bad person, they're just going to do bad stuff. I mean, it just reveals more of who they are. But if you give a lot of money to a good person, they're going to do good stuff, right? Um, you know, RIP the young Dolph, you know, is, is a rapper who just recently passed away. And, you know, inside he was, a, he was a good dude, right? And how do we know that? Because he did a ton of stuff like off camera that most people had no idea. Like he was passing out, he passed out turkeys doing Thanksgiving. You know, he was going to visit different uh, medical uh, centers and facilities. Um, when uh, there was like two employees that ended up getting fired for like playing his music while like while they were working, and he just paid them twenty grand. He didn't post on social media like, "Yo, man, I heard about these people. They got fired because they was jamming to my stuff. Like, I'm gonna drop them twenty bands." Like he just gave them twenty grand. And then they talked about it. Right. So like he was constantly, you know, doing good stuff. Um, and personally, again, I believe because deep down inside, he was a good, genuine person. You can always see that track record. Uh, like we heard the, uh, you know, statement uh, from like Wall Street, like you want to know what's going on, follow the money. Right. Like you want to know how how good a person is, follow the money. Right. So if we had more good people. Right. With more money and more resources, there would probably be a lot more good stuff that could happen. But. We got to get, we got to help uh, more good people get rich. So I like that. Um, one question I'd like to ask you, I ask this of every guest. Who do you say you are? Uh, I say I'm a champion. I'm a winner. I'm a solution seeker. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's who I say I am every day. Um, you know, every time I feel like, you know, there's an obstacle that I'm encountering, um, you know, it's just, you know, I always remind myself of that. And that really helps me, you know, per 
push through whatever the pain happens to be, right? Uh, whether it's like physical, whether it's, you know, mental, whether it's health-wise. Again, I got really sick. I caught that stupid Rona. You know, it's just like, man, we're going to push through this, right? You're a winner, you're a champion, you're a solution seeker. We're going to get through this process, right? And uh, one of the things I used to always tell myself, and this is when, you know, again, just early stages, you know, I used to, you know, just tell myself like, man, like, you know, Ernest, like, you know, you just got to always just focus on what you're going to, not what you're going through. Like focus on what you're going to, not what you're going through, right? And, um, you know, it's just like everywhere I go, people want what I have. Like I'm the best person alive. Um, and again, I would say these conversations with myself because like I just wanted to become a better version of myself, right? Like a better version with me is always, I always look at it as like me versus me. And, you know, the thing is, is that, again, just looking at the greatest of the greats, right? Like that we all admire, if you look at their behaviors, right, whether it's a Michael Jordan, a Kobe Bryant, a, you know, uh, a Mark Zuckerberg, a Mark Cuban, a, you know, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, a Malcolm X, right? Like they all were, you know, a lot of times like they weren't just given this silver platform, right? Like they just didn't have like they weren't trust fund babies. Uh, so they had to, you know, go through, you know, consistently becoming better at their craft, becoming better, you know, at their skill um, in order to become the person that we all admire and all see. Right. And so I started seeing uh, seeing that pattern just with like everyone and just like the best industries. And I was like, OK, like, you know, if I don't if I don't do anything, let me just follow some of these characteristics of what they do. And maybe, you know, I can trip over becoming a halfway decent human. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, how can people link up with you either online or offline to do what you do or just to just connect with you? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the best place to, to, to you know, just kind of find me is like my first and last name, Ernest Epps, E-A-R-N-E-S-T-E-P-P-S. Uh, that's the name of my website. So EarnestEpps.com uh, at Ernest Epps on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, WhatsApp uh facebook meerkat like the whole shebang <laughs> awesome meerkat's website uh meerkat is an app yep oh wow that's yep. awesome Periscope. Yeah, all that. <laughs> pretty cool and the, the last question i have for you before i let you go is are you still who you said you were absolutely absolutely and you know uh continue to just become a better version become a better version of myself you know, for me, for the people that work for me, uh, for, you know, uh, my family, for the families that, you know, I'm getting ready to impact. And I take it really personal with everything it is that I say and everything it is that I do, because I know when I say something, even though I have a, a smaller platform right now, you know, it's still like a couple, you know, hundreds of thousands uh, of people. Right. So it's just like when I say something, it, it has the ability to impact someone else, whether it's like a strategy or uh, just a statement that someone could potentially take the wrong way. You know, I'm really cognizant, you know, of that. So, you know, just, um, you know, just having the awareness that, you know, uh, for anyone listening to this that may have a platform or building a platform up, you know, keep that awareness, you know, at all times and just continue to just keep growing. And if you stay persistent and consistent through whatever it is that you're pursuing, uh, ultimately, you'll be able to get that prize that you're looking for. I can tell you that from personal experience, like the house, the cars, the vacations, the, you know, whatever it is that you want, right? Like 
like I didn't I didn't I didn't chalk chalk so much stuff off like my my life list that I call it because I don't like calling it a bucket list because I think it's a little negative. So I call it a life list, right? Uh, I didn't check like I didn't check like 90% of this 95%. Oh, I'm getting close to like 99% of stuff I ever said I wanted. Like visiting, like going to Rome and being on the gladiator uh like Coliseum floor. Like I got to do that, like going to Barcelona. I got paid to do it too, right? Going to Barcelona. Um, you know, being able to, you know, fly around the world and go, go to different countries. I've been in 12, 13, 14 different countries going to Bali, Indonesia. Like I've, I've literally wrote down stuff that I said I wanted to do. And then within like the next 12 to 18 months was able to accomplish it. Like I wrote down, cause like I seen a post from someone one day, they were in Bali. I was like, man, I want to go to Bali one day. And next thing you know, I'm getting hit up by a company. They're like, yo, we want to pay you to speak in Bali. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? So it's just like, I'm telling y'all, man, like whatever it is that you want, you can definitely have it. So keep those dreams alive. Keep them, you know, posted up, keep them in front of you. Actually, it's funny that we mentioned this. So this Lamborghini right here, this is a yellow Lamborghini. Now, this is the Mercy Alago. This mm. used to be duct taped to my office wall for like 10 years. I got the Ferrari on the other side because that's the next one, right? But <laughs> they, they were twinning on the wall, right? They were twinning Hot Wheel cars. And I now have this in the flesh. Now it's not yellow. It's uh, it's balloon white, which is like a pearl. Um, but I got it. You know, it's so crazy. Um, like I was looking at some of the car magazines because we just recently moved. I had car magazines when I was in like you know middle school and high school, kind of growing up. And like I got the BMW, I got the Lamborghini, I got the you know Escalade that I like growing up, right? And it's just like, man, this is so cool. Uh, to be able to just chalk like these really, you know, amazing things just, you know, off of just, again, things that were just dreams that are now reality. So now I just got to start making up more stuff uh, <laughs> to kind of pursue. Right. But like, again, the materialistic stuff were just things that, you know, just kind of just desires. Right. Um, and I've never wrapped myself up into the stuff. Um, but my thing is just like with the vehicles and stuff, like I posted the other day, like, you know, with the Lamborghini is like, why not? Like, why, 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 why not get a Lamborghini? Like, and my, my statement that I've always told myself, uh, is that they make nice stuff for not, for people. Like, why not me? Mm. Like, why not you? Like they make, you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis for people. Why can't I have one? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like what was the deal? Right. Like, it's just, again, and it's, and the thing about, you know, the stuff in, in a sense of just the, the material stuff is that, you know, you have to become just a really great person in whatever, you know, industry it is that you that you're operating in in order to grow to the capacity to be able to have the resources to get it right. So it's not about the stuff, but like, you know, don't try to minimize you know, what the things that you want out of life, whatever that dream was, whatever that thing that you thought about when you were a kid growing up that, you know, uh, maybe like around the world trip that you wanted to hit like 15 countries in 30 days, whatever the, the craziest stuff it is that you ever said that you wanted, um, as long as it's legal and ethical, <laughs> like go get it, like go get it, go have it, go experience it. Um, because, you know, again, at the end of the day, life is really short and there's no reason that you need to, you know, minimize the stuff that you say you want out of life just because of, you know, just a, a negative connotation that might be around that thing. Right. So, uh, so keep going after it. I want to see all y'all win. I want to see all y'all uh, achieve stuff. Like I tell everybody, I really genuinely want the best out of everyone. Cause, uh, it's, it's, it's too much opportunity out here for people not to be able to get what they want and have the resources that they need in order for them to uh, to be able to take care of their family and get the things that they say they want. So, yeah. Thank you, Ernest. It's a pleasure no having this time with you and uh, pleasure having you on the podcast. Awesome sauce. <laughs>
Until next time. Later.